it's a competition clinching shot. The LET Golf Podcast, the official podcast of the Ladies European Tour. Welcome back to the LET Golf Podcast with me, George Cooper, Nicola Kenton, and this week's special guest. She's in red hot form. It's Anna Palayev, everyone. Anna, how are you doing? Hello, everyone. I am doing great. How are you doing? We're good. Thank you for joining us today. How's practice going? Practice going really well. I'm very happy overall. Um, also, I'm enjoying some, some Spanish weather, so cannot complain about that. Sounds good. Making us jealous. Now, as I mentioned, <laughs> you are in red hot form. Uh, how have you how would you assess the season so far? I don't know. I mean, uh, the first six events have been amazing. I was a little bit uh, scared, you know, with expectations based on uh, last year. I, I had a really good season, so um, I was scared I wasn't going to do as well. So... Once I got over that thought and focused on work and do my best on every single area, then I was able to start playing or enjoying uh, playing golf. And I cannot complain. I mean, I think everything is going very well and the work is paying off. So we'll see once we're back. For sure. Yeah. So second currently in the race to Costa del Sol, uh, boosted by back-to-back runner-up spots in South Africa. Talk us through those two weeks and, and how you got on. Yeah, so, I mean, now it's funny, but the first tournament in Joburg, I called my coach my coach the day before first first round, and for some reason, I was panicking, okay? Like, I didn't have a very good program. Like, my feelings were, were like, I wasn't feeling well. I, I wasn't hitting the ball uh, good, and it's like I've mentioned, you know, like, it's like, part of me wants to do well I keep forgetting that either if I do good or bad I'm still an life and that's never gonna change so I focus on that and then my coach called me in the morning first round and and he gave me like a tip so I could focus on that and try to play a good round so after I finished second that week and after I finished second the next week I was like wow how can a call change your mind? How can the perspective you take into the competition can change the outcome? Because in my mind, I thought I wasn't even going to make the cut and then I finished runner-up. So it's literally the situation where, where I'm like, what you feel is not real. And that's why I think it's important to remember that we have to take one step at a time. And even if it's not working out, that day doesn't mean it's not it's never gonna work out again so it was very important for me to finish uh top two but part of me um would have loved to see uh myself finishing in a worse position and see my reaction and see if it really if I was really calm and you know I wasn't gonna care about the result but I mean I finished second so I'll take it (laughs) yeah can't complain. So you mentioned that your coach gave you a tip. So was this like purely a mental tip or was it something to do with your game? Well, sometimes I tend to think that everything is much worse than what it actually is. So once he saw my swing, he was like, Anna, everything is really well and your mind is giving you a hard time. I was starting very well, like my, my club on top was very good. But then the downswing, the club face was a little bit open on the impact. So he was just like, focus on having your face square. And I was like, okay. And then he said, and relax. So I simply focused on that. And he also mentioned, you're probably going to miss 
but the the, the percentage of missing is going to be lower than uh, hitting the right uh, shot. So, I mean, I trust him. So I listen and I executed so well it definitely worked out for those two weeks (laughs) especially but we're gonna wind it back now to the beginning of your golf journey so how old were you when you started to play golf so first time I picked up a club I'm pretty sure I was six and I'll blame it all on my dad because he was the one who used to take my siblings I have one sister and one brother um, and he used to take us to golf but the age difference between my siblings and I is, I mean, not big, but uh, it's like seven and five. So they played. I was too young. My yeah. dad wouldn't let me uh, hit a shot, you know, because I was too too young. Like, he didn't want me bothering everyone on the putting green, blah, 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 blah. So once I turned six, I think he gifted me with plastic golf, uh, golf clubs. And I throw them back at him and I said, I want real ones. And I think that's when, when he got me a real club and then a lesson with my current coach and and my coach came up to my dad and he said I think I think your daughter is I mean she has potential and we don't know how he knew back then but I mean <laughs> I'm on the LED. <laughs> there was something about young Anna strutting around with yeah. a real golf club. No he said she's the only one who's listening to my lessons and she pays attention and and she does well so I think <laughs> Uh, it might work. Took it seriously from a young age. <laughs> Even better for my dad because he was like, okay, she likes it so I can come and play golf and then she can be in the golf academy. Perfect. <laughs> I was going to say that the fact that you have like a golf mad family help with that and the fact that obviously, as you said, you can go to the golf course because your dad was already at the golf course. <laughs> so you yes. could both be there at the same time. So my, I mean, everyone in my family played golf for fun. Like I'm the first professional in the family, but definitely the love for golf helps because obviously when, when you share something with family and especially when you're growing up, you know, when you're six and stuff, I think it helps if everyone knows what you're talking about. Even my siblings now, they come every time I have a tournament near home, they come and watch and support. And even if I'm in Thailand, I... I mean, they try to follow on internet. Like, it's just, yeah, I think it definitely helps, or at least it helped me. Pretty sure your sister is always one of the first people to to interact like with the Ali <laughs> number one fan, always interacts with the yeah. posts on social media. Does oh, the well. fact that, obviously, where you live, are loads of golf courses everywhere around you in the Costa del Sol, is that, was that also helpful, do you think, growing up? Because you had such a choice of different places to go and see. Definitely. So I, I first started in, in a golf club uh, well, where, where my coach used to work and then he switched. And it's funny because it was like 45 minutes away from my home. So every time we drove to the new golf course, I could see plenty of golf courses. So I was like, wow, like golf is a thing here. And I think once I kept growing up and driving on that road, I realized how important golf it is in Malaga, in Costa del Sol. And I think it definitely helped me because lots of people play golf here. So I, I never felt like an outcast, you know, like, oh, you play golf? How cool. And where do you play? Oh, OK. You know, and everyone knows what course you play in. I mean, even if we have that many. There's definitely a few and we definitely try and play them <laughs> on the L.E.T. <laughs> Going around all the different courses in your region. Yeah. Uh, but what, what is some of your earliest memories? Do you remember your first competition that you ever played in? Yes. 
Uh, and I remember my first one and my second one. But my coach used to, when, when you play golf, the only thing you need to focus is finish for the picture. Finish for the picture. So for my first event, my first tournament, he wrote down on my, on my, um, on my hand uh, photo, which is like picture in English. So the only thing I focus is finish for the picture, finish for the picture. And I have a really cool picture, actually. So and then for my second tournament, my second my second tooth fell. So <laughs> I, I don't think I'll ever forget those two events. Was it mid tournament? You just played a shot and it felt wobbly. Oh, no, 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 no. Like, <laughs> you know, when you're little and then they just drop. Yeah. <laughs> Coincidence. <laughs> At this point, if, if you keep playing tournament and you ke- you have a tooth falling off, every single tournament and you're gonna be like okay no tooth no tooth you just wanted your adult teeth at the same time that you wanted yeah. to play golf <laughs> <laughs> and in terms of looking up to people when you grew up who were your heroes well I'm glad you asked me this question because obviously when when I was little like the only reference I got well when I was very little like I look up to my coach I don't know I I used to love and I still do the the way he teaches and all the values I've been provided with by him and I don't know everything but then when I started growing up I look up to Seve or Lazabal Miguel Angel Jimenez and and all in the men's side you know like I didn't have very good reference in the women's but once it started growing up and then women's golf started to grow I started to focus always in Spanish players, but Carlota Ciganda and Azara were really, really big uh, reference for me uh, while growing up. So now that I get to compete against them in some events, it's, it's like crazy to me, you know? It's like, wow, people I, I used to look up and I'm in the same scenario now. So um, I'm glad the that women's golf is growing up and now we get to know them better and... and have them as you know someone to look up and then the final one for me before I hand back over to George but when obviously golf has always been a passion but what age was it when you kind of thought "Mm, golf wants I want to do this as a job I remember that day as if it was yesterday because I was practicing with my coach you know I kept comparing myself with so many players you know like I'm never gonna be good enough I'm never gonna blah 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 so my coach was like do you really want to do this and I said yes and he said, are you going to be committed to practice how many hours do this and this and this to become better? And I said, yes. So at that point, that's where we started to actually not grow the game, but commit with the process of becoming a very good golfer. And after that, I mean, it took time and it still takes takes time, but I got so much better and I, I was able to enter so many more international competitions and do well and get to know the world and and be around better better players and look look at them and learn from them and see and come back home and say hey I need to work on this 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 because I think I can improve on this 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 so I think I was 12 when that happened maybe 14 I don't know but like that age nice and you mentioned that traveling the world and you know, getting to know the game as an amateur, you ended up having a really good amateur career. 2015 in particular, a great year for you. You won the Annika Invitational. Like, talk to us about about that week. It was incredible um, for so many reasons, but I traveled with my best friends and they're now on tour uh, also. They're Elena and Paz. I remember having so much fun that week. And on top of that, 
winning also i think someone texted me you're the first spanish player to win this event so winning the annika tournament in europe for me was like whoa and it was the first i mean yeah that gave me access to one tournament on the let i think it was in, in sweden I was like, wow, this is mind-blowing. <laughs> like, I couldn't believe anything. And also having Annika there, I was so nervous. They threw me to the lake also. I don't know, it was fun. Anna style for sure. Yeah, I can imagine. Oh, I wish we had footage of that somewhere. we got to find it, surely, in the archives. Um, but did, like, Annika, you know, did she give you any advice or is there anything that she said to you that's, that stuck with you ever since? Not really. It was in college, maybe, when... I played some of her events and obviously like she does these clinics. When I won, I wasn't mature enough to acknowledge what she, what she was saying. But once I grew, I mean, once I was in college and, you know, we, we went to her um, events and tournaments with, with the university, that's where I took advice. And the thing that impressed me the most was like her short game. Short game is everything and how you confront situations. Is that how you say it? I don't know. So... Find that perspective and your short game has to be very, very sharp. So I took that from her. It worked out. Yeah. <laughs> nice <laughs> one. And the same year you ended up representing Europe in the Ping Junior Solheim Cup. Talk us through your memories of that. Nowadays, I say that it's probably the tournament that changed my mind forever because I was very, very lucky to play it, but also to experience the atmosphere and be surrounded by the best, best players in both continents. So... I told myself, like, I want to play the real Solheim Cup one day and I want to work for it because this is really worth it. You know, I feel like it's a tournament where all your hard work pays off. And like, I mean, everyone that comes and cheers you up and I don't know, the fight between both. I think it's unbelievable. And it's a tournament I'll never forget just because I think it had served as a motivation for me since 2015. And it's probably one of the reasons why I wake up every morning and I want to become better. It's because I want to become one of those players that represents Europe, Europe with that passion and that fight. Yeah, definitely. Well, we'll get to the main Solheim Cup in in just a little bit. But just sort of <laughs> last last thing on your amateur career. I mean, you played in the in Junior World, World Cup as well. Like, what does it mean for you to always rep the Spanish flag? And I know you're very patriotic, but you know, what does it actually mean to play for Spain? I absolutely loved it. I even remember my last European team championship. I was kind of sad because I told myself, like, there are probably some Spanish player that wishes to do what you've done and like the and to have the opportunities that you have. So I was very glad every time I had that chance. I enjoyed it and I never took it for granted. I don't know what to say, but every time I had the opportunity, like even though it's a very individual event, we made it work as six players who became one. Like it was crazy. And so Every time I get to represent Spain or even when I represented Europe in the Sohin Cup or, I don't know, my university, like part of me knows how to become team member. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, I loved it and I love the passion and, and how we, the players and the people we become when we play and represent for uh, Spain. Well, it definitely shows when you play. We can see that out on the course. <laughs> uh, and you mentioned university there as well. So you ended up going to USC, right? University of South Carolina. Um, what made you pick there? To be honest, <laughs> I don't think many people know this, but my dad was in charge of that because I didn't feel like going to college. I only knew competition there was very good, but I was very good at home. Weather was good. I didn't I didn't have to speak uh, English, blah, 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 blah. But then I think it was my mom 
who convinced me. She was, listen, you get to study and you get to compete at the highest level and you do want to get a degree at school. So take the opportunity, go for one year. And if you don't like it, you always can come back. And I said, you know what? Okay. So then, I mean, once I had to go, then I wanted to make sure that I wasn't going to be too far away, like, uh in time difference that the world was gonna be good so and then the coaches I mean once I talked to Kaylin Anderson I mean we click for some reason and I felt very comfortable going there so the facilities were great weather was good competition was great uh I mean everything was okay go 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 good 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 so that's why I picked South Carolina and after five years I mean I didn't regret it so <laughs> good choice <laughs> yeah sounds like it like what's your favorite memory from being there I have so many. Oof, okay, have... we got we got we got all day. Yeah. I mean, I have great memories from on and off the golf course. I uh I met so many great people. I don't know. That honestly the memory that stuck stuck in my in my head forever will be the travel van. I mean, we used to play music so loud and we were laughing no matter if we had a eight hour drive. If you ask me would you go back to college, I would say yes, just to get to live that again. But, I mean, honestly, I think that people really uh, changed my life and I'm very grateful for that. And then, I mean, the courses that I've played, uh, I was able to play, I was the national women's amateur while I was in college and I played nationals and I played regionals. And, I mean, we won regionals as a team. So, I, I, I mean, I have too many, cannot name them. Were you, were you in charge of music? Like when you were doing these long journeys, like you must have been on the aux cable, right? Honestly, no. Just what? Because I love Spanish music way too much. Uh, my teammates would be like, okay, can we change now? So <laughs> uh, my teammate LK, she's a very, re like, really, really good DJ. And she has really, really good music, like, for everyone to enjoy. So I was like, okay, you're in charge. <laughs> so if you ask me for, like, DJ for Spanish music, then yes, I'm in. But <laughs> if it's music for everyone, then you can call LK for that. <laughs> Good stuff. And just finally, uh, you played with Pauline Rousson, right, as well? At, uh, yeah, UFC. Poppy. Yeah. How was your friendship with her? Talk to us about that. I mean, very, really good. Really good. Yeah. I, I cannot wait to join LPGA also and, and share more uh, tournaments with her because, I mean, we got very, very close. Like, we clicked before she went to college, but once she was in college, we lived together and the work ethic and everything. I mean, she's great. And I admire her as a person, but also as a pro. And I learned so, so much from her while, while she was in, in college, even though when you're a senior, you have a freshman that's better than you. Usually you take it as who is she? But I took it the opposite and I tried to learn as much as I could uh, because I wasn't going through my, my best moment as a golfer. So Poppy was like fresh air to me. And yeah, I'm very grateful for that. And I'm very lucky to call her my friend nowadays and see her win again on the yeah. L.E.T. and see her win on the L.E.T. Yeah, yeah, literally. <laughs> and talking about finishing college, so obviously you finish your time over there and decide, okay, now I'm turning pro because I've done the, done the college thing. And you made your pro debut at Sotter Grande yeah. in the Aramco team series. But um, what was the months like between obviously finishing college and then playing that tournament at the start of August? So, like I've mentioned before, I had the European Team Championship and the European Individual. So, I still had um, 
I don't know how many events before I turned pro. I think I finished my amateur career, turned pro, and then the week after, like, I was playing my first event as a pro. So it's not that I really, I, I mean, I didn't have time to process that I was a pro. My team and I, even when I was in college, like, we were already getting ready. So the day I turned pro, it didn't feel like anything, like, nothing new. Like, just keep doing the same thing, which I think it was very helpful because sometimes you turn pro and you're like, oh, I have to do this and this and this different. So for us, it was just like, okay, you just have to keep competing. <laughs> yeah, and then, I mean, I played my first event and after that tournament, like, I think everything changed it because I put so much pressure on me. Like, obviously, like, I had a very good last year as an amateur and and it's like, okay, you know you can do well through but as a pro. So I put that pressure on my mind and on my head and I ended up not enjoying it. So I think once I clear my mind, it's like the beginning of this year, you know, once I clear my mind and I remember why I play golf, then I can start enjoying the sport again and, and compete better. Was it nice to be able to make your kind of pro debut in Spain? And also, I remember there were lots of people following you that we you had friends and family come out to watch you. Um, what was that like? So every time I dreamt of the day I was going to turn pro, I never imagined it was going to be that good. Um, obviously, like, you turn pro and you never know what's the next event you're going to have, you know. So for me, having the opportunity to do it in my hometown with my family and, you know, surrounded by love, <laughs> it was clutch. I mean, I loved it. And anytime I have family and friends around where I feel safe, then, I mean, I'm good. So having that for my first event as a pro. Yeah, I mean, a, a gift. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And then obviously, you decided to go to LETQ school later on in the year. We'll talk about all aspects of, of that Q school. Uh, but first off, was that always the plan to kind of try and obviously make your way onto the tour? Yes, that was the plan. And I mean, I played LPGA and LET, and I didn't get either LPGA or LET. I only got access to um, letters. Yeah, that was a plan to make my way through both Q schools and and, and see how it was going to turn out. We met after the first week yeah. <laughs> of LETQ school where you'd yeah. done pretty well. And then yeah. obviously, as you just said, didn't have the second week that you'd like. How tough was that second week? While I was competing, it wasn't tough. Just probably my last four holes, maybe five, because I knew what was happening and what was going to happen. But I was lucky to already have a plan A, B, and C. Uh, obviously, A uh, meant I got both cards. B, if I had one and not the other one. And C, if I didn't get any. So I knew either way I was going to have something to do. So obviously, like I was sad because I didn't get what I wanted and what I knew I was up to. But at the same time, I knew I was going to keep playing golf. That's all I care about because playing golf, no matter what it is uh it's what makes me happy obviously if i get to compete against against the best ones then i'm a happier person um i knew i had a plan so after a week or two i i focus on that and i mean put all my work into it was it kind of difficult to see you just mentioned earlier obviously your friends elena and pat obviously they finished and got their card for all the tour how did you feel about that? Obviously, really happy for them that they've got their spot, but you weren't able to do the same thing. Did that kind of set you back in any way at all? Not really. Not really. 
I actually walked to the 18th and I mean, we were jumping, I was crying for them. And it was a special moment for especially Elena and I, because the night before she was very, very sick. And I, I mean, I didn't make the cut. So I drove to the pharmacy, came back. It was like 4 a.m. in the morning, blah, 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 blah. So when she finished and she got her car, I mean, I think we both started crying because she said, if it wasn't for you, I don't know what would have happened. So part of me felt like, I was also getting my LET card, <laughs> but I don't know. I, I It didn't set me back. I was very happy for them and I got what I got. So the only thing I could do was be happy for them. And I really felt that way. So, And then, as you said, obviously, because you've done LPJQ school, there was potentially some status on Epson, playing on the Access series. Um, how was your year looking for 2022 after you'd kind of settled? Very confusing because it was first year. I was like maybe like third reserve for every Epson event. And then maybe I made it to one. So the week before I had have everything ready, like book flights, hotel. I don't know, ask people for help. And as a first year on tour, uh, rookie, like that's very tough because obviously you don't have the experience. And then, I mean, everything changed. So... <laughs> Yeah, it all changed that week in Madrid, didn't it, Anna? I mean, talk to us about, like, just, just going into it. I mean, you, you obviously get an invite. And, like, were you feeling confident? Were you feeling nervous? Like, how did you approach that week? So I was coming back from a couple tournaments on the Epsom port. And so I got the invitation. And I think I flew in Madrid two days before tournaments start. Okay. <laughs> so I was kind of jet lagged, but not much. Also, I didn't make the cut for both event for both um, Epson Tour events. But for some reason, like my game was feeling so confident. Like I couldn't explain to anyone why my score was that one when I felt I could be shooting like 15 under. But everyone was like, okay, if you say so, you know. And that week, like I just needed, I, I remember texting my brother, like I just need a little bit of light, you know, at the end of the tunnel. And he was like, you get it, you get it. Um, sooner or later, sooner or later. And I was like, okay. So it was cutting for me that week. And we were just having fun. Like we were gifted with an invitation. And it's not like I didn't feel I belong there, but I mean like I didn't have the experience of being on tour yet. So for me I was taking it as like, wow, you know, like look at this player and look at this player and blah 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 blah. And then I, I obviously, like, saw some of my friends. So I was just like, whoa, like, this is so nice. Like, I'm seeing my friends. I'm playing in Spain. My brother's in the back. My coach is coming. You know, like, whoa, life is so good. I think it's because of that. Like, I wasn't thinking of, whoa, if I win, then I can get my LET card. And if I finish second or top 10, I can go to the next event. And, you know, like, I wasn't thinking that. I was just enjoying every single thing that was happening to me that week and I mean I played great and I was able to keep my mind in place so everything I mean everything changed and I knew I was playing really good golf like it wasn't a surprise for me but obviously when you're invited and you compete against professionals that have been on tour for so long I wouldn't be surprised if if I would have shot something over one of the days but for some reason like I knew I was ready and I I believe so so I finished it and I had a really, really good uh, week and outcome. 
yeah it wasn't bad was it four rounds in the 60s pretty pretty good and take that and i mean what about the crowd like how much did the crowd help because i watched it back actually recently and like every shot you hit you could just hear the roars and like you're there fist pumping like it must have been incredible it's funny because when i was playing like it was just me and my bubble my brother me my bubble like obviously like i'm not blind like i can see people i could see the crowd and i can i could hear the crowd but I was so focused on my game and what I was feeling and what we had to do that I didn't have time to focus on what was happening. So once I was done, I will confess that I did look through all videos and I mean, I get goosebumps every time I hear the crowd and how they were cheering for me. And I think it's one of the events in Spain that I've seen so much people cheering and coming out to watch women's golf. Like, it was crazy and, and I'm very lucky <laughs> I was able to be in that tournament and, and witness that crowd. Lovely stuff. And after that, how much has your life changed? Like 360. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just remember uh, signing my card and Brandon said, you have to decide tonight by midnight whether you want to travel to Bangkok or you want to give the spot for another player. And I, I was like, <laughs> excuse me, what? Like Bangkok, like I'm in Madrid now. How am I like what? And and yeah, so after that everything changed in in a professional way. Like I had all the calendar, like I could play every single event, like I could organize my calendar, my coach, like the events my coach could come. Um, I don't know, like from having zero access to tournaments on the LET to have full access. So it changed in a very drastic way, but for a good reason. Good stuff. And quite the confidence boost as well. I mean, you go from, like you said, missing two cuts on Epson Tour, um, you know, not knowing where, where you're going to go. And then suddenly you've got your full LET card and you and you won and won dominantly. Like you smashed the field that week. Like it wasn't even close. It was, it was just you playing. So how much does that, you know, change your confidence and how much of you has that continued on, I guess, through the last, the last year? Yeah, I think not just for me, but for every player, like we know we belong there, but until we don't see it, it's like there's like something is missing, you know. So after that week, I mean, I think I was very lucky because for me, it was a boost of you're doing the right thing and, and your work will pay off. Like just come like enjoy now, enjoy it. And after that, I mean, I, I feel like the entire year was very consistent. And I think that's one of the hardest things in golf to be consistent you know not only having a good one good week uh, but to keep doing it all all year round so I think that's what we took from from last year to focus on this year you know like it's important to win but how can we become consistent you know every week like your your back week can be a top 20 finish so um so, yeah, I mean, after that week, uh, I definitely had a boost of confidence. And, and the next events I played, I, pre- I played very good golf. So, yeah, I think it was a proof to myself that, that I could be an LET member. And what did what were the lessons that you kind of learned in the six months of last year? Because obviously it was from May to November um, on the LET. Yeah, so I think when, when you turn pro, you know, it's like, you have to be the best putter and the first the, and long hitter and best short game and best blah, 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 and everything very focused on golf. But what I learned from, from last year is that, yes, that is true, but I also need to be very good at eating healthy and at resting and at being mentally or emotionally stable and, I don't know, physically to be in, very, very sharp and 
that's what we focus on because we travel so much and and very very long flights so i think for me to become very very good not only uh, in golf but also like mentally physically in my golf and these first six events i could feel the difference you know like we've traveled to um, asia and we traveled to south africa very long flights and I was full of energy. I was very calm. Whatever didn't go the way I wanted, like I was able to manage it pretty well. So I'm very happy for that. And I think that's the most important thing I took from, from last year. It's important to play good golf, but also to take care of ourselves in different areas. Of course. And as we mentioned earlier, coming back to Solheim Cup, a pretty major event that's happening in Spain later on in the year. First off, like how much does it mean that the Solheim Cup is coming to Spain for the first time and that even obviously yourself if you weren't a pro I'm sure you'd be there as a golf fan. So for me to have the Solheim Cup here in Malaga well here in Spain and especially in Malaga Costa del Sol I mean I don't know it's like knowing that we're gonna make history by bringing this event the best players the only thing that I would love to happen that week is that many 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 young ladies that are going to come and watch, even for, I mean, little guys, that they can feel what I felt in 2015 because it was life-changing for me. And and I hope they get to experience that feeling because it truly changes the way you go to the golf course the next day and practice. I think it's going to be a great event. I mean, the work they're putting in the golf course to make it an unforgettable event it's unbelievable i have no doubts that it's gonna be a solving cup everyone will remember for a long time hopefully i get to experience it inside the road but i mean even if i don't i know it's gonna be a great match and i am very excited to see it yeah or play it <laughs> always the aim always the aim and Speaking of that, recently you have been announced as an ambassador for Finca Cortesan, which is the venue. Um, how much is that kind of going to help you being able to, as you say, you've seen the facilities, you've seen what they're doing to the golf course. Um, how much are you looking forward to being over there over the next kind of when you can, obviously, within yeah. the schedule, but also seeing the progress that's being made and that kind of inspiring you to try and get that place of the team? Yeah, so I think the more you play a golf course, the more you get to know what you need to do very good in order to shoot low. So I think that's probably going to be one of the things um, I will have access to, you know, if I because I love playing on the golf course. So I know I will spend most of my time on the golf course. So um, getting to know, um, you know, how it plays depending on the wind and having different wins on different days and different tee box. Yeah, just having the opportunity to play around and and see the layout and how how tired I am after a round. I don't know. I think it's going to be a very good exam <laughs> for me in very, very many multiple aspects. Yeah, for sure. In terms of that, obviously, you've moved up to third in the LET points for the Solheim Cup for this year. Obviously, you know, it's top two in those points, plus six from the world rankings and then four captain's picks. But what what are you thinking that you have to do this year to, to put your name on that team sheet? So I've got asked this question many, many times. And I think, I mean, my, my answer is going to be the same one. If I'm playing good golf and I'm, I'm winning or I'm, I'm finishing on the top, then I'm sure the captain will look up my name 
And then if I finish top two on the LET, then good for me because I earn it. And then if I don't, then it will depend on, on the captain, you know. So hopefully I can do good enough so I can earn it, but also that my captain knows the kind of player that I, that I am and what can I offer to the team. Yeah, I think win is the answer. <laughs> And what do you think you can bring to the team? Obviously, you mentioned before that every time you're kind of in a team scenario, you end up being, you know, a proper team member and becoming one with the other players. What what does Anna Pelé bring to Team Europe? The energy. <laughs> uh, no, not kidding. I mean, I know I can bring very good energy and I know I can become a very good team member. I can bring passion, I can bring fight, I can bring energy, I can bring water they need. No, I'm kidding. No, but I can bring so much stuff. That's why. That's probably uh, why I love playing team events because I know I can bring more good than bad to the team. So, And then finally for me, what would it mean to you to be able to tee it up, be on that first tee at Finkercourt-San? <laughs> in September <laughs> it will mean the world I'm not sure if I would cry or if I would have so much adrenaline that my drive would carry like 300 yards so <laughs> uh, it will mean the world I know I will step on that tee box and, and tell myself now you can do it I mean like now do it it will be like a dream come true definitely well Anna we saw on uh, your Instagram takeover last week that <laughs> you've been putting oh in the work God. You smashed it, but yeah, we see you've been putting in the work in the gym, on the course. What is it in particular you've been working on to to hit those goals? Well, technically, I've always had a very, very short swing, and we wanted to keep that as something that I was going to have forever. So now we're focusing on bringing to the gym what I need in my swing. So mobility, it's a huge, huge thing, and it's one of the things that's helping me to rotate more. So since I'm very short, to create power, I mean, with a very short swing, it's kind of complicated. If we work on mobility, then my turn is going to be, my the top of the swing is going to be longer, and I'm going to have more room to create more power. So now my swing is longer. We're trying to work on that sequence so I can create more power. So, and everything works around that. <laughs> Even nutrition, it's crazy, but it, it is like that. Nice. We'll have to talk after because I have a crazy short backswing and I'm trying to improve it. But <laughs> if it works, it works. I was going to say, we saw John Rahm just won the green jacket, exactly. right? And he has the shortest backswing. And I always say, look at John Rahm. So you called it, you said, you said on Instagram, you were rooting for John Rahm. And wow, what a week. I know. I should have played lottery that day. Your dad said your dad was, was rooting for him. He said he was gonna do it and he did. <laughs> yeah. He said, I support Young Ram. And I'm like, when I finished recording that video, I was like, why did you say his name in, in English? Uh it's still more Spanish than how, how I say it, so that's fine. No. And talking of Instagram, we of course saw the star of the show, your dog Rocco. Oh uh, isn't he lovely? <laughs> he is. Tell us about him and like and tell us what you enjoyed doing out, you know, outside of golf course. Well, Rocco. So I had a dog for a very long time and he passed away and blah, blah, blah. So I had a very difficult time. And also it was my first year as a pro and it didn't go us like the beginning of everything didn't go as I planned. So then Rocco got into my life. Everything depends on us and how we overcome stuff. It's on us. But I think Rocco definitely helped 
me to focus on the little things because I mean I'm not sure if you have a dog or a pet but they enjoy everything even if it's a leaf even I mean anything so paying attention to that and you know understanding that my problems were not real problems helped me through this process so Rocco is like everything to me now (laughs) it's like my son everything is related with him uh, we go to the beach together, we go to the mountains, even if I go uh, to a restaurant with my friends, I'll bring Rocco, like, every time I get free time, I love going go-karting because I love speed, like, my mom sometimes tells me, tells me, like, I don't know why you chose golf when you love speed, you love adrenaline, you love, <laughs> like, the golf doesn't have to do anything with that, and I'm like, well, adrenaline, <laughs> adrenaline has a lot to do with golf, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I love uh, risky stuff. Yeah, but Rocco is always my favorite plan when I have free time, so. What do you mean risky stuff like? Ex- yeah, extreme sports. Crazy. Like very extreme sports, <laughs> like surfing, I don't know, risky. None of, none of that until the Solheim Cup's done, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving myself all the chances. No, after Solheim Cup, I'll go parachuting. You're crazy, I couldn't do it. Too scared of heights. <laughs> right, good stuff. I think Nicola now has a mean quiz for you. Oh my God, okay. Did you forget about this bit? Or did I not tell you? <laughs> We didn't put this in the notes, you see. I don't think you told me about the quiz. Oh, I'm sorry, Anna. I just thought you were avid podcast listener. Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> you did it before, you know, George. Okay, I'm ready, I'm ready. Normally I'm ready. makes Come a on. mean quiz, but we'll, we'll see how you do. I think the first three, gettable. It's the last question that's the stinger, so we'll see how we do. First up, how many shots did you win the Madrid Ladies Open by? Six. Yes, correct. <laughs> Uh, what is your lowest round on the L.E.T. and when did you do that? Nine under, third round at the Madrid Ladies Open. Yes, right. Yeah, 63 in Madrid. Correct. <laughs> uh, number three, who was the first Spaniard to win on the Ladies European Tour? I'm going to say Marta Figueras. Yes, Toma! it was. But as the 1982 Ladies British Open. So, yes, very good. You ready for the hard one? Name the Spaniards to have represented the European Solheim Cup team. Okay. Beatriz, no, eh, Azahara, Carlota, Marta Figuera. No, she hasn't. Well, Carlota, Azahara, for sure. Team Beatriz Recari represented Europe. And then, ay, there's one more. I'm not sure if her name was... Ay. She's from up north. Oh, my God. And she has blue eyes. Ay, Rebecca? I don't remember her name. I know who she Or Raquel or something. I don't remember. Raquel Calido. Okay, Raquel. Woohoo! Okay. There are how many more? Three more. Three more? Three more. Belen. Belen. I mean, she's from the south. Ah, what's her name? Wait, Belen Mosa plays Solheim Cup? She played Junior Solheim Cup. You know, no, right? Okay. Not Solheim Cup. Oh, but Cup. there's another Belen. And I don't remember her last name. She's blonde. And two more, right? I mean, one of them, you were very young. So it wouldn't surprise me if you don't remember. The other one was 2009. No. This is where we butchered the names because despite my Spanish getting better, Anna. So Paola Marti, Ah, 2002. Anna Belen Sanchez, 2003. Yeah, Yeah. I'll give you that one because you said Belen so many times. And then Tanya Elosegui. Ah, Tanya Elosegui played the... So, to, ah, 2009. Wow, okay. Wow, so many Spaniards. 
Yeah, so that there's seven represented Europe on the stage. I told you the last question was hard. I apologise. But we, we, we have to do it because... We've got to do it. We've got to keep consistent or we'll get, yeah. we'll get complaints. Because it has to be a mean quiz. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. yeah, there has to be a mean question in there. Otherwise, it just, yeah, can't do it. No, thanks for coming on. It's been great. And obviously, good luck for the, for the rest of the season. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for having me here today. No, anytime. I said when you did the takeover that we need our own show with Anna. So we'll work on it and get back to you. <laughs> I wouldn't mind that. Great stuff. Well, that's that's all we got time for, I'm afraid. So thanks for listening, everyone, to this episode of the LET Golf podcast. Give us a follow on socials at LET Golf and give Anna a follow as well. Is it Anna Pelayef Golf? And yeah, we'll see you next week, guys. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Competition clinching shot. Whoa, how about that? The LET Golf Podcast, the official podcast of the Ladies European Tour.